Hello, everybody, and welcome to the All About Health podcast. My name is Georgia Overbeck, and this is episode 30 of this podcast. Thank you so much for being here, for clicking on this episode. I know there are so many different podcasts out there that you can be listening to, so I'm so grateful that you chose to listen to this one today. Today, I am joined by a special guest who's actually been on the podcast before. Uh, If you've listened to our interview before, you have with me here today my father, Jason Overbeck. Welcome back again, father. Oh, thanks for having me back on your podcast. I'm glad to be here. We've been planning this for quite a while, uh, deciding what we want to talk about. Um, And we've decided we're going to talk about different fitness topics and kind of chat about our opinions on them, how important we think they are. Um, What would you, would you add anything to that? It's just a good discussion, right? Because you and I, uh, see things a little bit differently when it comes to fitness. Mm-hmm. And it'd be good to have some uh, different perspectives on on fitness topics. Yeah, my dad said, he was like, there's a lot of podcasts that are just younger girls like me who talk about fitness and wellness and health. And then there's a lot of podcasts that are uh, like 40, 50-year-old men talking oh, about wow. <laughs> uh, fitness and health. Wow. Or around your age bracket. Wow. But there's not many that are those two together. So, and if there are, then please let me know because that would be cool for us to see if there are other podcasts. Like we could that. collab. We could do like a father daughter podcast. We could interview. We should, yes. Mm, with an so, if you know any of those, please send them to me on Instagram. Um, you can either send it to me on the All About Health Pod Instagram or my personal Instagram, George Overbeck, or you can send them to my dad, who is on Instagram as J Overbeck. That's correct. Okay, so first of all, before we get into uh, this episode and talking about different aspects of fitness, we have to do segments, Father, your favorite your favorite part. Mm-hmm. I enjoy segments. So first of all, we're going to talk about what is your current favorite recipe, snack, food, anything like that? Well, for me this week, we've been, I've been with you here on the Big Island, mm-hmm. and uh, I've had twice this week where I've had like, my eyes roll in the back of my head as I've enjoyed a food. Okay. Can I guess one? Well, I think you know. It's, it was pretty <laughs> obvious you were there. So we were out for a breakfast, uh, like a brunch buffet um, earlier this week. And one of the items in the buffet were malasadas, which mm-hmm. is like a Hawaiian pastry. Donut? Just, well, it's not really a donut. There's no hole. So it's, I would not call it a donut. Oh, okay. It's a pastry, right? Yeah. Anyways. And the ones that they had on the buffet were like, they had just brought them out fresh and warm. And when I had that first bite and it was like, oh, like Georgia was there. You saw it, like the eyes, I, my, and then the second thing I've had this week that I like really, really enjoyed is there's a little um, smoothie shop that makes these fantastic acai bowls here in uh, Kona. And they're like, I've had, quite a few acai bowls over the last little while. And just the way they make them is fantastic. They layer together the acai and the granola and then the toppings and they add, the one that I really enjoy has bananas and peanut butter and honey and and, oh, it's really very, it's called a monkey bowl. Mm. And that was another kind of like, when I I was, I like, when I first held it in my hands, (laughs) I was like giddy to have it. Yeah. So. As far as segments goes and food, those are my two highlights from this past week. Okay, I like it. Cool. 
Uh, for me, my favorite recipe so far this week, I made this hemp seed yogurt because I had a bag of hemp seeds. And because we are leaving in about a month now, I'm trying to use up all the things that we have in the pantry. And so I had this bag of hemp seeds and I was like, what can I do with this? And I was like, maybe I could make it into yogurt. And so I did. And it's actually like pretty high in protein. It's not like amazing like ratio protein but like if you have a good amount of it then it has some protein in there um like i think it's like if you have 300 calories of it it's 20 grams protein and the only ingredients are hemp seeds and water and so the recipe is on my instagram i will share it in my story if you want to check that out and then moving on to our next segment father what has been your favorite entertainment thing this week so that can be music a podcast a movie a tv show um, I would think for me for this week, uh, I've really gotten into the Mandalorian. Mm. Um, so it's like, okay, I'm like a kid. I was a kid in the eighties when the original star Wars series came out. And so I've always loved that. And, uh, this season three of the Mandalorian has been like phenomenal. Mm. It's been so awesome. Interesting. Um, so I watch the show show comes out every Wednesday and then there may or may not be a podcast that I'll occasionally <laughs> listen to that does like a scene-by-scene scene breakdown of oh. the show. It's pretty awesome, yeah. So would you add the podcast on as one of your favorites as well? Yeah, it's they, it's pretty good. The guys on it are are really, like, they're very knowledgeable about uh, Star Wars. Hmm. Um, and it, it helps because sometimes you watch a show like that, and because the Star Wars universe is so big, you don't make the connections. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not like a real deep Star Wars fan, and I like Star Wars, but I'm not like, like I haven't committed. read all the books or all that kind of stuff. And so I like listening to the podcast after because then it helps me connect. You know, okay, they did this in the episode and it relates to this other thing that happened over here. I really enjoy podcasts like about TV shows. I feel like they're really interesting to hear the behind the scenes and the different connections and stuff like that. Um, but my favorite entertainment thing of the week is actually a podcast. It's not a podcast, but a show. It's called the Fit, Healthy, and Happy Podcast. And it's actually these two uh, fitness coach guys, and they're Canadian as well. And they do like 20 minute, 15 minute, 30 minute episodes, and they give really good, like, muscle building tips, fitness tips. Like, they're really like straight to the point. Um, like, there's no ads or anything they're, they're just there to give like really good information. And I've really been enjoying that. What? I've been enjoying it for a while, but what's it called fit, healthy and happy podcast. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I've really been enjoying that one. So that, now that we've done segments, let's get into the episode. All right. So getting into our episode about our opinions about different things in the fitness industry. Father, you prepared a first, uh, a few of the first things that we're going to be discussing today. So do you want to start us off with our first topic? Well, it's my favorite fitness topic. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's all about protein. Yes. Yeah. So what made you want to include this in the episode? Like why is protein important for you? Why do you think it's such a big thing in the fitness industry? Well, I think that, um, it's one of those things that it's easy to miss uh, or it's easy not to get enough of it unless you're intentional about it. Mm -hmm. And it's really something that can 
is impactful towards a person hitting their fitness goals. So I think it's good to start the conversation there yeah. because that's what we can share with people. Why, how, why protein is important for muscle growth. Okay. So yeah, let's, let's start with that. Why, like, why is protein so important? Why do you, why should we start the episode off with this? Well, I think there's two, there's two big things about protein that are really important. And I think the first one is that protein is really the building block for muscles, mm-hmm. right? When bodybuilders train or fitness enthusiasts train or when everyone, anyone trains and, you know, your mom, mother always talks about this, that you're causing tiny tears in your muscle fibers, right? That's, that's what happens. You go lift heavy things and you extend your muscles and it's these tiny tears and they need to be repaired in order for your muscles to grow bigger and stronger. And protein is the thing that does that. Protein mm-hmm. provides the anemo, um, amino acids necessary for muscle growth and repair. So it's so essential. If you have a goal, if one of your fitness goals is to build muscle, then it's imperative that you're getting a sufficient quantity of protein. I agree. And also, there's so much more than just building muscle that protein is important for. Uh, it's helpful like to help keep our bones strong. And also, a lot of people talk about collagen, which collagen is like a kind of protein. And so obviously, having enough protein in your diet is going to help your hair, skin, and nails, your skin. Um, also, protein is the most satiating of all the macronutrients, so fat, carbs, and protein. Protein is going to Protein is going to keep you fuller longer and feel satisfied, which is another huge thing, especially if you are somebody who has a goal of fat loss. I think no matter what your fitness goal is, protein should be one of the most prioritized things in the food and the diet that you eat. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second because, okay, so let's say someone's in a calorie deficit, so mm-hmm. they're trying to lose fat, but they're going to the gym, they're they're maybe doing classes or they're they're lifting weights or whatever the case may be. So they're also trying to build muscle at the same time. So what happens when you're in a calorie deficit is you're losing weight. Yeah. Right. So what weight are you losing? You're losing water weight probably first, right? You're, you you want to be losing fat, but your body is also, you, you potentially could be losing muscle because mm-hmm. you're in a calorie deficit. So that's where making sure that you're having a sufficient quantity of protein, enough protein, Uh, helps to preserve that muscle and especially for beginners enables them to actually lose fat and build muscle at the same time yeah so it's really really critical a lot of people you know will go on these crazy fat loss diets where they'll lose you know 20 30 50 100 pounds um, but then they also lose a lot of muscle with that weight Mm -hmm. and then they start the process of going back and trying to rebuild that muscle which we all know is very hard to build muscle possible but hard so the more muscle that you can preserve during your fat loss phase, the better. Yeah. And that's where protein is really critical. So obviously over the last couple of minutes, we've talked about why protein is so important. And I think one of the biggest questions that I get is, but like, how do I hit my protein goal? So do you want to say some good protein sources? Yeah, I can give you some tips for consuming protein for sure. Um, I think my first tip would be start early in the day. So let's say, you know, your, whatever your protein target is, for example, let's say your protein target is a hundred grams of protein a day. Mm-hmm. Could be more, could be less depending on, you know, your body. And we'll talk about that too. We'll get to that in a second. But if you, uh, you know, have a bowl of cereal or something <laughs> for breakfast, 
um, and then maybe a sandwich, like a bologna sandwich or something for lunch. And now you're, it's like 6 p.m. and you've had 12 grams of protein for the day. Yeah. It's incredibly difficult to hit your protein target if you wait to the end of the day. Yeah. So w- one of the things that I've done for a long period of time now is I make sure I get a strong dose of protein, a strong helping of protein with my first meal of the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say a tip for consuming enough protein in the day or tip for hitting your protein targets. The first one for me would be start early in the day. Um, second tip I would have is make sure you're having protein with every meal. Yeah. Right. Don't go, at least for me, I would say, I, I don't want to go and consume five or 600 or 700 calories and not have any protein in those five or 600 or 700 calories. Cause again, especially when you're in a caloric restriction, um, if you get to the end of the day and you only have 300 calories left or 400 calories left, but you still need to get 50 or 60 grams of protein, Mm -hmm. the math just doesn't work. So start early in the day, make sure you're getting protein with every meal. And then when you're having that meal, another tip that works is eat your protein first. Yeah. Right. So let's say you're having a meal of, I don't know, maybe a chicken breast and and a vegetable and a, and a, um, a carb of some sort, sweet potato, rice, whatever you like, um, eat the chicken first, right? Because if you're full, you want to make sure that you're not missing out on that protein. Mm-hmm. If you go and eat your other things on your plate first and then save the protein till the end, well, maybe you'll be full and you won't be able to finish that protein. Yeah. Um, and then likely the most important tip, and I know you and I have both done it, I continue to do it, is track. Mm. Um, even, even if you're not tracking your, all of your calories just for two weeks or longer, if you can track the number of grams of protein that you hit. Yeah. Cause a lot of people have the mindset that they're eating lots of protein on their diet. Oh, I had a turkey sandwich at lunch, Mm. right. Or I had whatever the case may be. But then when you actually track your amount of protein that you're eating and understand what it takes to really hit uh, 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 your protein targets, most people, I would say even the majority of people who have uh, those type of goals of fat loss or muscle building probably are not consuming enough protein. Yeah. And uh, kind of going off of your first point there, for me, I really try to have a good dose of protein in the morning, as you said. Um, I usually try and get around 130 to like 150 grams of protein per day. So usually for my breakfast, I'll start off with anywhere between 30 to 50 plus grams of protein because that's like the majority, like 30% or more of my protein goal for the day. And also, as I was saying before, too, with the different benefits of protein, that protein is very satiating, is going to keep you full. By having that protein in the morning, it's going to make you less hungry throughout the day. It's it's like you're going to have that afternoon, like 3 p.m., feeling a little snacky. You're going to have that less because Mm. you were able to fill up on your protein earlier in the morning. And then also if you follow along those other tips of having it with your other meals, having a good source of protein at lunch and in your snacks as well, just always make sure there's some sort of protein source in whatever you're eating. So do you want to say some good protein sources? Well, yeah, I think we should talk about that. And, and someone might say that um, having protein might give them digestive issues, mm. right? Too much protein. And I guess my 
feedback on that would be try to get as much protein as you can from whole foods, yeah. right? So from your lean meats and things like that, if, if you're a person who eats meat, or from your other sources, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan. Yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard people say like, oh, but if I eat more protein, then I have like get bloated or have like gas or whatever. And I think that that can be very possible if you're eating things like uh, protein bars and protein chips and like protein yogurt and protein ice cream and like a lot of these things wait, that... Wait, they make protein ice cream? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Where could, is... Like Halo Top and stuff. Oh, Halo Top. Okay, okay. Sorry. But like it's a lot of those <laughs> things that have... A lot of artificial ingredients, artificial sweeteners, and things that are not like they add protein to random things, and then you're like, oh, it's protein, so it's healthy. But that is having like mainly those protein sources, you're going to get some digestive issues. So, yeah, do your best to stick with more whole food sources. Uh, that's what I do, and I find it just helps me a lot more. Yep. Yep. Um, and then you know, you and I both supplement with, yeah. with protein. And I think there too, a person needs to be cautious of what they're choosing, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're supplementing with a protein powder or something like this, there are certainly different quality levels in yeah. that market. And some low quality protein powders can definitely give you some digestive issues and gas mm -hmm. and, and other things. <laughs> um, but there's where I would encourage anyone to, to try. Like just try different ways. There's there's obviously you know whey protein and and uh, isolate proteins and vegan proteins, and then there's things like bone broth proteins and yeah. collagen proteins and like the market the protein market is amazing. Yeah. And again, you and I both have found I love Magnum Quattro, the traditional whey isolate you know protein. Uh, you love the Quattro Vegan that works for oh, you. Yes, I do. Um, so I think that's key for anyone listening. First of all, try to get it from Whole Foods as much as you can. And then if you need to supplement, supplement with a good quality protein. Yeah. So I think that now would be a good time to talk about how to figure out your protein goal. I've talked about this before on the podcast and many of the Q&As, but we'll say it quickly again. So a good like rule of thumb when you're uh, wanting to set a protein goal is usually one gram per pound of body weight. That's what I've always followed. But um, what would you add to that? Or would you say that that's just good yeah i think that i love the simplicity of that target mm -hmm. right if a person targets that every day um you know what there will be days that they maybe fall short a little yeah. bit um but then there may be other days where they go over a little bit yeah right but i think of the that target of of one gram per pound of body weight you know i love the simplicity of it and and at that level of protein it will enable muscle building and muscle growth I also like to say, like, as you're saying, some days you'll be under, some days you'll be over. I think it's good to set almost like a range. So for me, as I said before, I like to have anywhere from 130 to 150. Um, if I get 129 one day, I my gains are not ruined. It's not going to be over. Um, it's just having that range and being flexible with it. And for consistency, making sure that you are hitting that range the majority of the time. But that's where it gets back to tracking, mm -hmm. right? So you know that if, okay, how many grams of protein are in four ounces of chicken breast or, yeah. or in, you know, 200 grams of lentils or yeah. whatever the case may be. That's why it's, it's really, really, you know, I don't, I don't, if you're listening to this, we're not asking you necessarily to track forever and ever, Yeah. but track for a period of time just so you become accustomed 
to uh, what protein levels are in each food. Yeah. And so some good protein sources uh, are, as my dad was saying, meat, um, egg whites, uh, protein powder, as we were saying before. I love tofu and tempeh, textured vegetable protein, seitan. You can go to Google and type in protein sources and you'll see tons there. But something that I do want to mention is that there are some foods that you can go on Instagram or Google and it'll say, oh, this is super high protein. And they're not. Things that like peanut butter and nuts and seeds wait, wait. <laughs> and lentils. These things, they do have some protein in them, but they are not main protein sources. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. I, and I'm fully on board. 100% agree with you, Say So how does someone know? And what you and I both look at uh, is that ratio mm -hmm. of protein to calories. Yeah. Right? So if something has 10 grams of protein in it, that's awesome. You know, you might look at, let's, let's say, for example, a, a protein bar yeah. might be 10 grams of protein. But if it's 400 calories, that's like, okay, that ratio is way out, yeah. right, in my mind. Whereas um, if you look at something like a chicken breast, you can have, you know, 200 grams of chicken breast and you're getting like 20 grams of protein. It's mm -hmm. like almost a one-to-one -one ratio, very close to anyways. Uh, tuna, same thing. Um, so I think that's one thing, just because to get back to your point from earlier, but especially processed foods that claim to be high in protein, yeah, they, you have to cross check that with, okay, what is the calories? So especially if you're in a fat loss phase or in a, cal a caloric restriction of some sort, um, then that ratio of protein, grams of protein to calories becomes really important. Something I kind of want to add on to this, and because we're talking about protein, it kind of fits here, but it's kind of off the topic. I saw this TikTok and it was this girl and she was at Costco or some grocery store and she was showing the cereal vector, which when somebody thinks mm. of the cereal vector, they think, oh, that's a protein cereal. Um, and she was showing on the nutrition label that they include, it said 13 grams of protein on the front of the box. And she was looking at the nutrition label and she was like, actually just for the cereal, it's five grams of protein. Yeah, the they milk, right? add in the protein from milk. Mm -hmm. So then she went over to Cheerios and was like, if you have the same serving size of Cheerios as Vector, you have more protein from Cheerios. <laughs> so that's something to be aware of too, is that just because something says high protein on it, doesn't mean that it always is going to be that way in the package or for the serving size. Another good one is like the Lenny and Larry's cookie. Yeah. They're like 16 grams of protein, it says on the front, but the whole that's for the whole cookie, which is like 450 calories. You know, that's a topic. Uh, I know you've had it in your Instagram stories and Instagram posts in the past, but that might be a topic for a whole podcast down the road is, is uh, reading and understanding labels. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's something to put on the, the list of discussions. Yeah. So do you want to talk about kind of like what a day of protein looks like for you? Like what would be, what would you include in your day to make sure you're hitting your protein goal? Um, well, well, again, I think in my case, it's, I really have to, uh, to be proactive, right? I have to, so I'll, I'll have oats with protein powder in the morning. And that's where I say I, I get my, you know, I start the day with a, a good serving of protein. Um, at lunchtime, it's usually leftovers from the night before. So I'll always make like an extra chicken breast or an extra portion of ground turkey or an extra portion of, uh, uh, extra lean ground beef or wh whatever my protein source was the previous evening, I'll make more of it and have it in my lunch uh, yeah. the next day. And then 
you were also talking about good protein sources. And I love, like there's certain vegetables that, okay, it's not a huge quantity of protein, but they're, they're have more protein in them compared to other vegetables. Yeah. So something like broccoli, which I know is kind of a real kind of fitness thing. All the fitness people love broccoli, but it's true though. It's yeah. like, it is actually the macros in broccoli are a little bit better than some of the other, other vegetables. Uh, edamame has got yeah. decent quantity of protein, although the, it also comes with some extra calories too. Yeah. So you have to watch that out. Um, but so I'd have whatever my had protein last night for dinner, I would have it in my lunch the next day along with the vegetable. Um, then I love when I get home from work and you were talking about that kind of mid afternoon or late afternoon, in my case, kind of snacky, that's where I get into the Greek yogurt, mm-hmm. right? Greek yogurt. And, uh, I'll have another ser- second serving of protein powder mixed in with my Greek yogurt usually. Uh, and then again, what I'm ever having for dinner that night, whatever lean meat, uh, my choice or to have on my salad or whatever the case. And that's how basically all of that for me, I I'm in the 180 to 200 grams of protein a day. I won't go, I don't like to be less than 180 and I prefer to be at 200 or more. So that's how I get there each day. Good. Um, yeah. So you were talking about how broccoli has a good, like a good amount of protein. I like to call those foods protein boosters. Mm-hmm. And so those are things that I wouldn't say are like main protein sources, but they're really good to add in for a little bit of extra protein if you want it. And so those are things that I will add will be like broccoli, asparagus, uh, green beans, Brussels sprouts. Um, I like to add nutritional yeast. That's a good one. And then as I was saying before, like that those nuts and those seeds and like lentils and beans and stuff, they do have a little bit of protein in them. So I would use them more as a protein booster, but again, not a main protein source. Even even something like the choices you make when you're in this mindset of trying to lose fat or trying to build muscle. So um, you, you and I, well, I'll speak for myself anyways, I, I'm also a bit of an evening snacker. Yeah. Um, so if I'm having a snack in the evening, you know, something like, you know, the Orville Redenbacher popcorn, um, will give me another four or five grams of protein. Yeah. You know, so, okay. It's better than something other thing that doesn't give me protein. Yeah. And I like popcorn anyways. Yeah. So that's like, again, it's to your point, it's not my main protein source, Mm -hmm. but Again, if I'm at that point of the day and I'm at 175 grams, yeah, then I'll say, oh, let's have some popcorn, assuming I still have calories left. Um, so you were saying what you would do in a day to hit your protein goal. I'll quickly say mine. Um, so as I was saying before, usually in the morning for breakfast, I will have something that is like 30 to 50 grams of protein. This week, I've really been into like mug cakes and I can make those with two scoops of protein. So that's around like 50 grams of protein. Um, I also sometimes will have like protein oatmeal, as you were saying, protein yogurt. There's a lot of different ways, uh, smoothies. And then usually um, sometimes I'll have a protein bar for a mid-morning snack in between workouts, not every day, but sometimes. For lunch, I'll have a good protein source, uh, usually tofu or tempeh or edamame. And then for dinner, again, another good protein source. So it's just the same as you were saying, always prioritizing protein. Mm-hmm. And that's something else that I want to add for anyone who does eat plant-based or vegetarian or vegan. They, a lot of people have this misconception that if you eat that way, then, oh, you're going to lose all your muscle and there's no way to get enough protein. And I used to think that too. Um, but you just, as 
if you are eating meat or not, you just have to plan it. You have to prioritize it. Um, you have to do a lot of research to see what foods are high in protein, but it's definitely something that you can do. So do you want to add anything else uh, onto this protein discussion before we move on? No, it was very thorough, I think. All right, let's move <laughs> on to our next uh, topic. All right, our next topic is going to be all about programming and putting together a workout program. Um, the reason we're talking about this is because we actually both recently started new programs. And so we kind of wanted to talk about how we put those together, why, that type of stuff. So do you want to start us off, Father? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually starting a new one on Monday. Uh, so I've been on the same program now since uh, the beginning of February, so February, March, April. Um, probably a little bit longer than I should have. Yeah. Uh, and it was time for me to switch to a new program. And if you say, okay, why? Um, well, the main reason is our bodies are amazing, right? They really are. Um, and in that, if uh, we want to build our physiques and grow our muscles and get leaner and all of that kind of stuff, uh, the body eventually gets used to the programming that you're doing. So if I always do um, three sets of eight bicep curls with 20 pounds and I go back a week from now and I do three sets of eight bicep curls with 20 pounds and a month from now and a year from now and I'm doing the same thing, eventually my body becomes used to that. Mm -hmm. And at the start, when I was doing those three sets of eight with 20 pound bicep curls, my muscles were like, oh, it's amazing. And they would, you know, they would be sore and they would get broken down and they would build. But now as time has gone on, now my muscles are used to that stimulus mm -hmm. and so the time has come to change so uh, for me i like to change my programming somewhere around the eight week mark plus or minus a couple of weeks maybe i'll go a little bit longer maybe i'll go a little bit less uh, but that's the reason why so that you're uh, changing your different workout techniques so what is your new program look like right now do you have any plans for it yet yep yeah it's all built and ready to, to ready to roll on monday the um biggest change in this is the rep range for me so for the past uh period of training for me i've been all in the 12 rep range so i'll do four or five sets at 12 reps of whatever exercise um, and so now with this coming program i've actually dropped down to the eight rep range and so that's going to change, of course, my choice of weights, right? What I can lift for eight reps is going to be different from what I lift for 12 reps. And it'll just provide that slightly unique stimulus to my muscles to, uh, you know, enable them to continue growing. Do you have different goals with this lower rep range or is it just to challenge your muscles in a different way? I would say more so the latter. I don't have a specific goal pertaining to rep range, mm -hmm. but it's more just to challenge them in a, in, a, in a unique and different way than in the previous number of weeks. So what does your program look like? How many days is there? Do you have certain exercises or certain body groups on certain days? Uh, yes, kind of. Uh, my program, it's a six-day program. Um, and so... On the seventh day, I'll either start back at day one if I'm feeling great or yeah. if I feel like my body needs a day off and that can be fine. I'll just do like a mobility day or a walking day or whatever the case may be. Um, but yes, so in this case, I, I will have kind of uh, 
you know, a day where I'm focusing more on certain body parts, but there's a few things that are pivotal to me in, in the program. And same for the, my previous one of certain exercises that are constants. Mm. So, uh, chest press is a constant for me and you know, again, different rep range, but that exercise chest press is a constant for me. Squats are a constant for me. Deadlift is a constant for me. Uh, barbell row is a constant for me. Um, so there's a few things like that that I have in every program that I do. But again, I just would change the rep range or so so forth. Okay. And may I ask, are you, it doesn't sound like you are, but are you strict with like Monday being chest day and Tuesday legs and Wednesday this, or are you just going with how you're feeling? Well, I follow the sequence. Like I have, you know, in my program, day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six. Yeah. Right. And okay, I'm going to start on a Monday. Yeah. Fine. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm only ever going to do day one on Monday. Mm -hmm. Right. I just go in sequence. And as life happens, you know, that that's what happens. Yeah. So I also recently started a program. I have, so mine, I, and new to this, writing out my own programming. Before, I always followed my mom's workouts, but I decided I wanted to start doing a program just to see how it would be for my body. So I just wrote out my second one. Before, mine was a five-day split, and I changed it up this time to be a seven-day split. So that doesn't mean that I'm going to the gym seven days a week, because if you listen to one of my most recent podcasts, I think it was a Q&A, um, it was, I said that usually I'll go to the gym three to five times per week. So really I'm just repeating those seven workouts in a row, um, depending on how many times I go to the gym that time, uh, that week. And I have included some new things different to my previous program. So I added in um, two ab days. They're, they go along with glutes and um, upper body but I ha didn't have ab days before. And then I also included a full body day mm. just because I wanted a little bit more diversity. I found with like the, I think doing the five day split was really good to focus on certain muscle groups. Um, but I wanted to change it up a little bit and I am really enjoying the seven day split so far. And you're, you're doing like your running practice yeah. and your kangaroo jumps obviously or, or fit boots with mother yeah. uh, three times a week in addition to that, right? Yeah. So you're running three times a week and Two. doing ultimate fit dance three times a week Yeah. Pl plus your gym three days a week. Yeah. Three or four days a week probably. Yeah. Depending on if we go on the week. It's a, it's a full schedule for sure, right? Yeah. The, there's always some sort of activity or movement in the day. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just not always at the gym. Sometimes I'm just – I just make sure that I am doing the workouts that I wrote out in a sequence like you were saying. I think what – is there anything with your new program that you're kind of excited or you're looking for? Like I know you mentioned the ab days. Is there anything else in your program that you're kind of excited for? I am really excited with the ab days. I have to say that I'm most excited for that. Um, just because I, when I was doing my five day split, the previous one, I didn't have any abs in that at all. Mm. Um, and so I've been doing abs this week and they're so sore. And I, I was like, I missed that like core pain. Um, so I'm excited for that. Also, I added in some different tricep movements, like exercises than my last program. Um, in my last program, I was doing skull crushers 
but I couldn't really find a very good weight or like a form of equipment to do them with. I was using a barbell sometimes, but I found that that was kind of awkward to hold. Mm. Um, and so I kind of switched that up. Now I'm doing like tricep kickbacks and I'm doing the uh, rope pull downs um, and overhead triceps. So I'm just excited for some different movements that I haven't done in a while to hit the same muscle groups. So just a tip there for you is if you're using a straight barbell, then I, it's kind of awkward to do yeah. a skull crusher. If you go and grab the easy curl bar, mm -hmm. just the way that you can place your hands on the easy curl bar, it's more natural to do a skull crusher with that. Okay. And then you can get a higher weight if that's what you're interested in. So All right. um, for me in this programming, despite being lower rep, which I'm excited about, I prefer to like, it, I, I don't know, I just prefer to work out in the lower rep ranges. Um, I've added two things to this program that I haven't actually done before. Uh, the gym that I work out at in Vancouver recently added a hack squat machine mm. to their equipment. And I've never worked out in a gym that had a hack squat machine before. So I added that into my programming. And so that's going to be interesting. Like I'm still doing the regular barbell back squat. Yeah. But on a second day in my program, I'm doing this hack squat. So we'll see what that's all about. And then the other thing I saw a guy in the gym doing the other day, and I haven't done it before myself either. And I thought, oh, I should try that as well, is the trap bar deadlift. So I have one day where I'm doing conventional deadlift, yeah. but then later in the week or later in the schedule, I'm doing this trap bar deadlift, which I've never done before. So I'm anxious to see uh, how that goes. Very cool. Let's move on to our next topic. All right, our last topic is going to be massage therapy. This was my dad's request to talk about. So do you want to start us off? Well. I, uh, I'm a fan. Let's just start up <laughs> saying that I, I like massage therapy. I've been going to the massage therapist now for a number of years, probably six or seven years. Um, in my case, it started out because the company I worked for, I was very fortunate in that they had a wellness center located on campus. It was like a corporate facility, a corporate campus where I worked. And so we had a gym and we had a wellness facility. And at the wellness facility, there was a, uh, an RMT, a reg registered massage therapist that would come in a couple times a week. And so you could book a half an hour session and go over at lunchtime or whenever and get a massage. Uh, massage. And it was, that's what really opened up my uh, exposure to massage therapy and how it can really um, be synergistic with working out and, and uh, developing your physique i started going to massage therapy last summer when we were in bc is really when i started doing it more regularly uh, my dad he had a benefits from his work and so we had it covered and i think i went four or five times when we were in bc and it was quite enjoyable i did like it yeah yeah, so let, let's talk let's talk about the benefits of massage therapy right at least as i see them in relation to being a fitness enthusiast. Mm -hmm. So uh, massage therapy will increase your blood flow to the muscles and that can help deliver more nutrients, more oxygen to your muscles that enables them to grow and to repair. That's I think the first benefit. Um, it can help to reduce your muscle, muscle tension and promote relaxation. I'm sure well, yeah. you know, there's definitely that relaxation element or there can be that re relaxation element to massage therapy. And that can also aid in recovery. It can help to prevent injury. Uh, when muscles are relaxed, then they're better able to grow and better able to repair. Yeah. Um, the other thing, when you think about massage therapy, 
especially if you have the conversation with your therapist about, you know, being in tandem with your workout regimen is it can improve your range of motion. It can improve your range of motion, can improve, improve your flexibility, um, which can help us as uh, athletes to perform our exercises with better form, better technique, and that can also lead to better muscle activation and muscle growth. Yeah. Makes sense? And then I think one of the other things it can do, it can help to reduce inflammation in the muscles, right? So you know after a hard workout and your muscles are sore and maybe inflamed a little bit, tender, um, you can go get a massage. It helps to reduce some of that inflammation, helps to promote recovery, and uh, it reduces the risk of injury even in the future. Yeah. My favorite is when you would book my a massage for right after my workout and I would like just complete a leg day and then I would go for a massage and it was like it would hurt so bad but feel so good mm -hmm. um and I wanted to say to your point about relaxation um that will help to lower cortisol mm, which is if you have high cortisol or high stress in the body it's going to be a little bit harder to lose fat or whatever your goal is for your physique or for your health we just know that having high stress is probably not the best situation you want to be in. So it also, since it'll help to lower stress, I think that that's a really beneficial thing as well. Definitely. And I think, you know, that's interesting because when people think about massage therapy, I know I was formerly this way, you kind of only think about the relaxation part. You're like, you imagine, you know, laying on the table there and falling asleep while someone is massaging you, right? But um, in my experience, especially when you have this conversation with the therapist that, hey, you're you like to work out, you're, you're a fitness enthusiast, then they kind of transition or you can have them transition from this kind of relaxation mas massage to what uh, I think is referred to as a sports massage. Hmm. And then the focus of that massage therapy session is to help you to recover and yeah. repair those muscles. It's a completely different focus. Mm -hmm. And as you were saying before, when you were listing off the benefits, I can imagine, like, I remember when I went to my first couple of massages when we were in BC and he was like kneading out my back or rolling out my back or whatever it was. And I could feel all the knots that he was getting out. And it was like it, crunchy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it made me think like how those being there probably would not help with range of motion and also not help with like my body being loose and being open to mm -hmm. like all these different movements that we do as people who exercise. Um, and so, yeah, I would totally see that being benefit. Well, and you mentioned it at the beginning that, that because we had the benefits package and I think that's something that, you know, at least a portion of people have massage therapy as part of their workplace benefits package. Mm -hmm. And a portion of those people, don't use that benefit. So your your work might cover 70% or 80% of the cost up to a certain value. Uh, so it really ends up being pretty inexpensive to go yeah. for an hour. And the benefits can be real. Uh, well, besides feeling good and enabling recovery, it is just nice. Like, yeah. It's just nice to have a massage. Yeah. And that's something that I talk about a lot in the podcast. If you listen to other episodes is like different ways that you can take care of your body and support your training and support your body overall. And just for health, like, I think it definitely can be something that could help in that, especially if you do have the benefits of it being covered for a portion of it. And if you go, if you listen to this podcast and say, okay, I'm going to book a session and you go to that session, and you don't like it, 
like don't let that be the end because mm -hmm. in my own experience i found that different therapists will use different techniques or different amounts of pressure like i uh, when i first went to try to find a, a good therapist when we moved to vancouver when i moved to vancouver the first one i went to like her massage was okay but i left there not really feeling like we had accomplished anything mm. like it, it didn't really help me it felt fine yeah but i don't think that she was using enough like for me i like a massage where for example if she's working in my hip or down my it band or something like that areas where i tend to get tight um where if the therapist is working that area and i have to be like <laughs> I have to take like a deep breath as she's working in there because it's a Care little bit, it. it's a little bit painful, right? Yeah. But I know that I need it to help me uh, and those muscles recover and, and ultimately grow. Yeah. So I'd be a little tip I'd have. If you go the first time and you have an amazing experience, awesome. Stick with that therapist. If you don't have an amazing experience, okay, try again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you enjoyed our rants and opinions on all of these things. Thank you so much for being here, Father, and for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening and have a fabulous day.